Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast, where I talk about a lot of dad stuff as well as a lot of guy stuff. So thank you for tuning in once again. And I will say real quick that if you like what you hear today at the end of this episode, please share it. Pass it on to a friend or someone you know. If you like it, let people know. I would really like to grow this tiny little micro channel and make something of it. So please do that. All right. So not sure if you're into football or not. I'm going to talk about it. There's been some amazing games last weekend. Upsets, I guess. Uh, dang, it was, uh, it was, some of them were kind of wild. The Bills-Chiefs game was, was pretty crazy. I think there was, what, three or four lead changes in the last few minutes of that game. That's, that was surprising. That was a fun one to watch. Bucks lost, Green Bay lost. And if you didn't know, I'm not really huge into football, but I'm kind of trying to be playing fantasy and trying to keep up with what's going on because when your friends are into it and talking about it, then I should probably be into it and talking about it. It gives me something to add to the conversation instead of standing there and not putting any input in, right? So anyways, good games. I don't really have a feeling one way or the other about the Super Bowl, but I think it would be kind of cool if the Rams made it all the way and the Super Bowl's at their home stadium. So that would be kind of cool, kind of like the Bucks last year. Anyways, it's 2022 fall school enrollment time. Well, for us, it is anyways. And I know it seems kind of early to be thinking about school in the fall, but it's here. Uh, public schools and private uh, pre-Ks are sending out the signups. And me and my wife are kind of at a crossroads of sorts. Now, if you recall, I've got two kids, seven and four, first grade and preschool. Both my girls' birthdays land in the beginning of August, and our local school here in Indiana has an August 1st cutoff date, which means that kids must be five by August 1st to be admitted into kindergarten. Well, both my kids missed that deadline. My, my seven-year-old, of course, missed that deadline, and now we're dealing with, now we're dealing with it with my four-year-old. And I think the deadlines are different depending on where you live. Some are August 1st, some are September 1st. But anyways, my kids will not be five. Well, at least my four-year-old will not be five by August 1st. But the school does have this option to apply for early enrollment if the child will be five by October 1st, where you apply and you get a recommendation from the child's current pre-K school as well as an assessment of sorts to see if they're ready. Well, for Olivia, we opted to wait to put her in into kindergarten. Me and my wife just didn't feel good about having her quote-unquote tested and having her feel like if she failed, she wouldn't get in, which I don't know if that stuff goes through a five-year-old's head or not, but we didn't want to, I don't know, just put her on the spot like that. We put her in a junior kindy program at a little private school a couple days a week, and then the following year, we put her into kindergarten. So now she's the oldest kid in her grade. She's also the tallest kid in her grade. So her time has already come and gone. Like she is on her path. But now we're moving on to Kennedy. So now we're faced with this situation once again. So Kennedy is four right now. She will be five in the beginning of August. So she could technically go to kindergarten in fall of 22 if we test her and do all that stuff. Now if we wait, She's going to be the biggest, oldest kid there, just like her sister is. But I don't know. Is that really, is that a bad thing? I don't know. 
we aren't going to put all that pressure on her. Well, all that pressure on us as well to have her assessed and see how well she's doing or how smart she is or whatever. I just, I feel like that's a little too much pressure. Just, it's just too much for kids. But do I think Kennedy could handle it? Listening and sitting still? I think so. She, she does that now in preschool. She also communicates well. She plays really well with her, her other classmates. She's, you know, a hundred percent potty trained, but from a standpoint of knowing certain things, numbers, letters, writing skills, and things like that, I, I think she could use a little bit more work in that aspect. I think emotionally too, she may not be ready. I mean, she's four right now, so she still has rough days. She still throws fits when things don't go her way. So I don't think a teacher would want to be dealing with that, uh, a crying kid that doesn't get a toy or something like that. So anyways, since we're kind of at this, you know, point, I thought it would be good to kind of do some digging and see what the old experts on the internet say about sending your kid, not sending your kid, when is the right time, or is there a right time? Well, I read quite a few articles on this, and I'll link them all in the description for your reading pleasure, like always. And I found this one, it was actually kind of interesting, on tinybeans.com. I don't know what in the hell Tiny Beans is, but anyways, they show some good pros and cons to sending your kid early or late. So the reasons for are pretty obvious. Older children have more time to grow and get used to sitting still in an all-day school environment. They say that younger children usually have a hard time sitting still or staying on task. Shocker. <laughs> well, my, my seven-year-old actually still has a tough time staying on task some days, but... And another interesting thing is that studies have shown that kids get misdiagnosed with behavioral problems in kindergarten when it's actually just that they're too young to pay attention and be in class. The article says that kids who wait a year have a much lower chance of inattention or hyperactivity. They go on to cite a study from the New England Journal of Medicine, and this is kind of the interesting part. I, I thought this was quite interesting that kids who turned five the month before starting kindergarten were more likely to be diagnosed with ADHD than those kids who started the month they turned six. So the Tiny Beans article quotes the study saying, the findings suggest the possibility that a large number of kids are being overdiagnosed and overtreated for ADHD because they happen to be relatively immature compared to older classmates in the early years of elementary school. So that's, I don't know, I didn't know that. And that's a, that's a big deal to me. I, I've kind of thought about this in the past, that kids are just being shoveled medication for behavioral issues when it's because they just aren't ready. If they don't sit still for hours on end or if they disrupt a little bit, then there's immediately something wrong or an issue. I don't know. They're, they're kids. They aren't always going to sit still and be listening zombies, right? So that's a good reason to potentially wait to enroll your kid right there. And I know some kids have attention disorders. It's an issue. It's a real thing. And they need help with that. But I always thought that maybe some are diagnosed a little too loosely. And this study kind of confirms that. I don't know. Remember, I'm not a doctor or a therapist or anyone like that. But I will be staying at a Holiday Inn Express here in a few weeks when I go skiing. So just keep that in mind. Oh, and just so we know... ADHD difficulties are present before the age of seven. I just read that, by the way, so 
just so we're clear on when they kind of can arise. All right, moving on. The same article says that older kids will most likely have an easier time saying goodbye to you as well. I think that every kid kind of goes through these first day jitters. That's pretty normal. It just depends on when, really. Most kids, I think, have that happen in pre-K. We had a little bit of an issue with it back when Olivia, my oldest, went to a pre-K school back in Vegas when she was maybe three years old. We dropped her off and she cried and cried and was having meltdowns and it was it was kind of awful but I mean she's three so after that first day though it was it was pretty much gravy and she was uh she got used to it and then with Kennedy as well her first time in a preschool setting was just this year at four years old so we were somewhat afraid that she would really have a hard time especially with COVID The way schools do it anymore is you just dump kids off at the curb and then you just peel out of there. So we were a little concerned there. And plus, she's been primarily watched by me her whole life. So she has kind of an attachment there and there's been no real outside entity taking care of her or watching her. But it actually wasn't a problem. She she got to her preschool and she walked off like a boss and and she had not one issue. So we were actually quite impressed. Okay. The tiny beans article, by the way, I don't know what tiny beans is. It's just a random Google search that I found. So I have no affiliation with tiny beans. Maybe I just like saying tiny beans. I don't know. But anyways, they say that fine motor skills will be more developed as well, which of course they will be. That just comes with time, you know, pencil holding and scissors and, and stacking blocks and, and whatever kind of like the first one growing and getting used to sitting and getting better with these skills it all just takes time really and lastly they say waiting gives kids time to be kids leisure days um, not so much structure free play and some studies actually suggest that that is more valuable for young children than rushing them off to school and and for me yeah there's tough days watching kids and there's tough days you know being around them all day long every day 24 7 but I don't know. I, I love having my daughter at home. It's a, it's a joy. Like I said, tough days, but I enjoy taking care of her and, you know, doing things with her. And I know that these days are very temporary because once that school ball gets rolling, it, it doesn't stop for a long time when it stops in college, you know? So, so I guess we should really just enjoy this time while we can is all I'm saying. So yeah, those are the ups. Those are the positive sides waiting for maturity to develop, to be more focused. Another article I read said there's actually no certain long-term benefits to waiting, but if your child is on the young side, then there will definitely be some short-term benefits. Okay, so not to be Debbie Downer, but now we have to talk about the part of the article that tells us the reasons why we should not delay kindergarten. The first one they mention is an older kid starting kindergarten is exactly that an older child, and they may be taller than their classmates, which matters today because that will be the case when they are in middle school and in high school. My oldest now is tall for her grade. And seeing that, sometimes we think maybe we should have just put her in when she was five and she would have been more with kids her same height and age, I guess. And another interesting thing is, too, is she seems to be drawn to the girls that are a grade ahead of her, which where she would have been had we put her in. So maybe there's something there. I don't know. 
This goes into another point that they make that kids that are redshirted may not find their peers on their level, meaning that a calm six-year-old may have a hard time finding like-minded peers around a bunch of rowdy five-year-olds, like Olivia wanting to be with the girls a grade above. Maybe that's the reason. They also say that being older may result in the child getting bored, being less excited to be in class because they aren't being challenged, really. And then that leads to potential misbehaving. And then that leads to jail time, right? Joking. Just just kidding. Seven-year-olds don't go to jail unless they try to stab their dad and then they end up on Dr. Phil. Just joking, okay? Sarcasm. <laughs> All right, another downside stated is the extra year of preschool is only beneficial if the child gets the right kind of support in that extra year, meaning that if the second year of pre-K doesn't hit on your kids' lows or things they need to work on, then what's the point in sending them to a second year of preschool? Some of these responses also came from another article on understood.org. I'll link it in the description. But anyways, those are some examples for you there. So I don't know. I think we all know our kids. We know where they are in life and in all that stuff. We can see how their social skills hold up to other kids around their age or how well they pay attention to things, how well they play games and do specific tasks. So I think we can make that call on sending them or not. A lot of these articles I read say that pre-K teachers usually have a great idea of where your child is, is at. So if you're on the fence about it, they should really be able to clue you in. But let me, let me spin this curveball hypothetical at you real quick. So what if the pre-K school says your kid is not ready to go to public school or kindergarten? That they need more time, more skill building. But in reality, they just want you to sign up for a second year of preschool and get your money for that second year of preschool. Now, I'm not saying that this has happened to me. I'm just uh, thinking out loud here. Is that, a, is that a thing? Would people do that? Or not. I don't know. Just things that go through my mind, I guess. And that's the thing too, talking about that. Preschool is expensive. I think ours is around 300 plus a month, which is actually pretty cheap, but it's only for three days a week for a few hours a day. I think the average here in Indiana for preschool is almost 13 grand a year. So that's got some heft to it. There's a ton of money there. And if some households are already stretched trying to cover costs or they have multiple kids in childcare, then that may be a huge reason that parents make the choice to send their kids, even if it's a little bit early for them. It's pretty much free childcare. I mean, if you don't have the money, then you, you do what you got to do. And I know a lot of people did that in Vegas. It was, you know, we, we heard a lot of stories. My parents were teachers out there. Just get your kid. Oh, your kid's old enough. Just get your kid into public school and save some money even though it's not the best choice for the kid so so I don't know so what would you do or what will you do when this time comes for you I think we we're pretty concrete on the decision we're gonna wait to put Kennedy in especially after reading all these articles it just really affirms reaffirms our decision it just isn't worth it in my opinion I'm not saying going early is wrong I guess I just don't see the benefit in doing it if you don't have to. Let kids be kids. Um, I want my daughter to settle down a little bit more and have a better grasp of her emotions and attention, if that makes sense. 
plus I would like another year with her, you know, to enjoy and to hang out and do fun stuff with. So, and who cares if she's going to be the biggest kid like her older sister? It doesn't, doesn't really matter to me. She'll just be, you know, really tall and maybe we'll push her into basketball or something like that. And the thing is too, we have some friends that are starting their same age child in kindergarten. And yeah, sometimes it makes me feel like I want to keep up a little bit and have my kid go the same time theirs goes. And then they be in the same school at the same time and be friends and all that. But I don't know. It's it's not the end of the world if that does not happen. So, All right, that's all I have on that. But another thing I kind of wanted to mention today was repeating kindergarten. What are your thoughts on that? Have you ever thought about that? That was one thing that had kind of crossed our minds at one point, that if Kennedy, we decided to send her to kindergarten next fall and she didn't really seem to do well, she could always repeat it. Doesn't sound so bad, right? But the more that we thought about it, the more I thought that she would notice. Well, I think any kid would notice that their classmates are moving on to first grade and she is not moving on to first grade. And I think that would have been kind of a hard thing for her to understand and really give her some emotional turmoil, maybe, if that's a thing. And I know my sister and my brother-in-law out west, they have a daughter. She's in kindergarten this year, and they are planning to move to a new state. And they figure that they will have her repeat kindergarten, which that's kind of a much different scenario. Different schools and different states teach at much different rates, so I think it's probably a good idea. And then she will be up to speed at her current school with her current classmates. Plus, I think she was on the young side this year going into kindergarten. So now she will probably be right on track for age and grade and all that. So I don't know. There's options there, I guess. Just more thoughts, you know, just more thoughts. Anyways, that's all I have for today's episode. So if you're on the fence about this topic or sending your child... Hopefully I provided you with some information to help you out. Uh, I don't know. It's a difficult thing. It's a difficult choice to make. And I know we're all worried about making the wrong or the right choice for our kids, especially when there are so many armchair parents out there on social media and whatever else. And they it feels like they're watching and judging us at all times, right? So do what's right for you. You you know your child the, the most. You know where they're at. And... Uh, Whatever you do is not going to be wrong. So, all right. So thank you for listening to Stay at Home Dads podcast. Maybe I should call it Stay at Home Dads blogcast. Sorry, that was a little bit bloggy today. I really do need to get some more people in here for guest spots. Um, I'm working on that, though. Hopefully I'll get some people in here. I've been trying to set up my office so it's uh, more conducive to talking to people. Also, please uh, share it, like I said earlier, rate, review, all that stuff. It really does help. Also, reach out to me on social media or on podbean.com. Podbean's actually a place you can follow this podcast as well. It's kind of cool. There's a lot of other podcasts on there too. But uh, let me know. Let me know what you think of these topics. Let me know if uh, if I missed anything talking about school enrollment today. Or let me know how wrong you think I am. So, uh, anyways... Like always, grab this podcast on all the major streaming apps, and I will talk to you next week.